This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. If you're a fan of NPR, listening to our podcasts and live stream has never been easier. Just search for accessmedia.nz on the App Store or Google Play and download the app with the Kiwi Fruit logo. Once you've got it, pick Manawatu People's Radio from the list of stations and go find your new favourite show. Morena, no mai kiti korero, e ranga itereo, irarangi onatangata o Manawatu. It is the catch up on Manawatu People's Radio. It is a Thursday morning, and that means we turn our attention to local government. Uh, this is the spot on uh, the catch up where we alternate between MDC and Palmerston North City Council. And uh, to give us a bit of a retrospective on uh, 2021, we have the Mayor of Palmerston North, His Worship Grant Smith. Good morning to you. Uh, kia ora. Good to be here, Fraser. Thank you for the opportunity. No, it's quite all right. Um, you remember in the, in the depths of 2020 and, you know, I was interviewing you via Zoom about the pandemic plan and all that sort of thing. And then we got to the end of 2020 and we went, oh, 2021 is going to be so much better. We can put all of this behind us. And here we are at the end of 2021. And I would argue for maybe not necessarily for Palmerston North, but for some parts of the country, Tamaki Makono, for example, 2021 has just been even worse. Yeah, you're definitely right, and um, it's, it's coming to a town near you quite soon. Yes. Um, look, I think we've got to learn to live with it in some ways, Fraser. It's interesting other parts of the world have. Um, I suppose we're in a quite a good position that we are, you know, in, in the city we're about 97% mm-hmm. vaccinated, so Palmerston North's done reasonably well, and as you say, probably better than some other parts of the country. But um, I think as, as, as a nation, we need to um, open up safely and slowly, um, let our exporters, let some of our sectors, I mean, for Palmerston North, being a little bit selfish, international education is hanging on by mm. its fingernails. It's had two years of um, no new um, students, no new investment, um, so they've basically been burning cash, um, as have some other um, industries or uh, businesses that are attached to international education. So, look, I think we're in a good position. Um, but as you say, um, we we sat here and talked about the, you know 2021 being really good. I think eyes wide open, 2022 is going to be quite tough. Yep. Um, we're seeing different variants um, uh, emerging around the world. Um, there's a lot of unsurety about what they are or how, how um, deadly they are. Needless to say, there's um, it puts a little bit of panic in the in, in the system. There is, I mean, the, the the big issue at the moment seems to be well, the the, the vaccine hesitant or, or, or vaccine resistant uh, group of people in particular, um, and you know the, the the conversation about choice and free will and everything. That's a different conversation for a different time. But at the same, but the point is the impact on the health system, particularly unvaccinated people uh, contracting this. Uh, virus and ending up uh, putting a burden on the health system. And Palmerston North uh, Hospital um, has been not necessarily making headlines, but it's quite clear that it is small for the population we have. The ED in particular is is often incredibly busy. I don't think this is unique to Palmerston North either. But 
um, as we look at a summer of potentially people, you know, coming out of, of Auckland, and one can't really blame them after the amount of time they've spent in lockdown. Are we ready? I mean, are you liaising with um, our local DHB? Oh, Do yeah. you understand? Yeah, no, there's definitely a uh, readiness plan. I suppose if it's you know hard infrastructure and ICU beds and everything else, it, it's a big no, um, which which is somewhat disappointing from mm-hmm. a, a national. Um, health ministry of perspective, but I'm not going to throw the blame game around. I mean, no, no. It's about all of us um, doing stuff. So the tools we had was get everybody vaccinated, and I think we've mobilised people pretty well. Mm. Remembering we've got quite a diverse community here, so we've got a big multicultural community. They were absolutely compliant, um, pretty well, 100. Um, percent Big Pacific Island community, um, very hesitant because of, of you know. Pa- as you say, past issues, not sure whether who to trust, you know, those sorts of things. Um, so they go to their community leaders. And I just want to shout out to um, those uh, community leaders, those church leaders who have got in behind um, the vaccination call. And I think we're, you know, we're, we're clearly in the 90s, mm. well in the 90s with the um, Pacific, Pacific Island community. Māori's taken a lot longer. Again, same sort of um, who do we trust. Yeah. Um, but we have had um, um, leaders talking about, come on, we've got to get vaccinated. And, of course, a lot of our Māori, health le- uh, Māori leaders are involved in health. So we're, we're edging towards uh, the late 80s there as well. Mm. But as a, as a wider community, absolutely going um, gangbusters. And I think also, Fraser, because we are probably the essential worker capital, if you take in the MIQ um, with the defence um, forces, mm-hmm. um, our distribution of food, not only a healthcare sector, but also other um, essential services, um, a lot of people were yep, we've just got to do this because it's part of our job. Mm-hmm. Now, it's it's going to be, I mean, that, that was one of the, the criticisms of central government was that sort of trying to centralise the problem and deal with it themselves as opposed to getting the community's leaders mobilised to address the problem. Uh, has the city council been in a position of sort of uh, echoing the government's response and trying to centralise or have you been really trying to engage with those community leaders? Oh, look, a bit of, I'll be honest, it's a bit of a hybrid. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, our, our, communi- our, our leaders in our various communities have always been on the ground strong. Uh, we've got a, quite a, a connected um, uh, regional network. Um, we, we meet with the regional council who, you know, pull the government agencies together. But in, in this case, um, health are a big part of that, along with the um, other health providers, so our iwi health providers, our, um, our, our community health providers, the, the PHO, etc., all involved. Um, we're fortunate too with having um, the New Zealand Medical Corps based here too. So, you know, you know touch wood, um, mm-hmm. if the balloon did go up big time, we can mobilise a hospital at Linton so mm-hmm. quite quickly. Um, and there has been... Um, sort of a plan B, plan C, plan D in that space as well. Well, it's good to hear that because I do remember that interview on 2020 and I have to tell you, and this this doesn't sound professional at all, my mother was listening to that interview over in the UK and I asked you, did we have a pandemic plan? And you went, oh yeah, no, we got it out the drawer, blew the dust off it and went, well, that's not fit for purpose, throw it out and start again. And my mother said that was so wonderfully refreshing. You wouldn't have heard anyone in the UK say that. (laughs) Um, But obviously you've taken that learning because now you're saying there are the plans a through F and you know one through yeah. Nine. There's been a yeah, and I, and with all honesty, 
you know, a lot of people would have gone pandemic year, right? But if you roll back the clock um, to World War One uh, or the end of World War One, and you know that the Spanish flu mm-hmm. just hit hit everywhere, but especially hit um, New Zealand hard, yeah. and um, Maori and Polynesian um, uh, communities really, really hard, mm-hmm. just. Knocked them over, you know, literally um, tens of thousands of people dying. In fact, more died from the Spanish flu than, than, than actually were casualties of World War I. So to put that into perspective, there was plans there. There's a photograph in our archives of um, servicemen that had just returned back from uh, World War I in the, in the old showgrounds grandstand, and they all had masks on. Yep. Now, somebody thought that was a photoshopped photo. <laughs> of course it they wasn't. did. <laughs> it wasn't. It was real. Yep. But we've just, you know, out of sight, out of mind, couple of dec- a couple of generations have missed it. Interesting talking to Benita Bingham, who's um, on um, National um, Council for Local Government with me, fantastic uh, Māori leader from South Taranaki, and she can remember the stories from... Her um, um, grandparents and, and, and talking about the Spanish flu and how it decimated Maori populations mm. and villages in those days, and I think everyone needs to take heed of those. You know, you know, history is repeating itself to a yeah. certain extent. Um, whilst it's it's interesting to talk about this stuff, let's try and be a bit more positive for the end <laughs> of the year. Uh, we are here with Mayor Grant Smith from Palmerston North City Council on The Catch-Up. Remember, if you want to listen to this or previous editions of The Catch-Up series, just head to the website mpr.nz forward slash show forward slash catch-up. We're also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your online listening. Uh, of course, 2021, uh, Grant marked 150 years of Palmerston North and perhaps not as a settlement, but as a sort of recognised city? Yeah, so the, the New Zealand Post Office at the time, we were part of the Wellington Provincial Government in those days. Uh, there was about nearly 1,000 people here, 800 to 1,000 people. And we, um, our mail, in those days, mail was the, you know, our postal mail was the big, um, the, the big thing that people connected mm-hmm. to the rest of the world from. And uh, Palmerston, there was a Palmerston South and, and Otago, and obviously us up here. So the New Zealand Postal Service decided North's going on on Palmerston up up in the North Island, mm-hmm. and and we became a borough with the um, uh, the local store owner, the undertaker, the uh, George Nelson, who was everything to everybody in those days. <laughs> he became the first mayor um, a few years later. So that's uh, that's there's no real date. I mean, obviously Rangatane the uh, Mana Fenua were here for were here for, for many centuries before that, um, but it was where um, you know the, the the settlement started to get bigger. There mm-hmm. were Scandinavians came in, uh, Rangitane were keen on um, peaceful um, uh, cohabitation with others, um, and that's when the you know the land sale of uh, Te Aotearanga block started to occur, and and um, you know. Away we went as, as, as it basically as a city, mm. and uh, I, I, it's not um, as a direct celebration of 150 years, but certainly over the last couple of years, uh, again harking back to 2020, the placemaking that was uh, delayed because of the pandemic between the plaza and, and Main Street. Uh, there's also the Hearakatahi Bridge, which is a 
it's infrastructure, but there's an element of placemaking there as well because oh, you've turned that area definitely. into quite the tourist hotspot. There's a lot of that going along, the, the, the development of the arena, the entrance. Yeah, so weaving all of that, um, it's interesting that, you know, as a radio announcer, you've, um, you've picked up on that placemaking angle. And, you know, in the old days, they would have built hard infrastructure um, you know, Russian brutalist type mm-hmm. stuff like the council building. Yes, but, 60s. Yeah. But if you can do if you can do some storytelling in it, you know, um, some, um, um, some, you know, interesting stuff around, innovative stuff around the architecture. I mean, that bridge is amazing. Mm-hmm. Now, that, that could have been just a slap it over, um, get people from A to B. But they've turned it into a story. Um, they've connected up other pathways. Over well over a million um, people in the space of um, sixteen to eighteen months um, have visited or gone over it. Mm. That's incredible. That's ten times the population. Well over ten times the population of the city. Now, have has that uh, that sheer number of people been a result of the infrastructure component or the the prettiness and the storytelling component? I think a bit of both. Mm. Um, definitely, there's active transport. So we opened the Urban Eels. Um, platforms there um, earlier in the year and it was really interesting to see the amount of bike lights mm-hmm. and, and, and um, people just walking past and it was a constant stream and that was soldiers um, and civilians going out to work at Linton. So it is this, you know, and we've seen, and if you, you, you cut off a bit earlier to Massey, at thousands of people um, mm. using it to uh, to go to these not only the science campus but the university campus. So yeah, there's an element of... Um, it's a bit of a tourist, go and have a look at the new bridge. But, uh, visitors come to town, we've got to go and have a look at the new bridge. But there's an element of that with arena too because mm. you've, you've got a bit of a – you've arrived at the stadium. And, uh, again, we told the story because uh, arena or the old Palmerston showgrounds has a huge heritage. And you're telling that as well. I did notice when I went and had a look. You've got the placards there that tell the story. Um, I guess my question is how many people are really going to see that? Because it is the thoroughfare for speedway, rugby, other sports and things. Are people going to stop and look at that? Are you looking for the – when no events are on, people just casually popping by? Again, I think a bit of both. Mm. Yeah, Obviously, if you're going to a a match or or a a meeting, um, stock car meeting, um, you're going to get there and you're going, oh, I'm just going through. But every now and then you'll stop and have a read. Oh, I haven't read that one. Mm. There's a lot of people that just stop and just wander around to have a look, you know, um, because it is quite – even Eden Park doesn't have this – um, heritage, so we are unique. Um, you know, I wanted to celebrate the obviously the agricultural shows, the military tournaments that have been there, um, the the um, World Cup rugby to uh, test rugby league, um, home of New Zealand stock cars, uh, New Zealand teams champs. Forty second Māori Battalion was deployed from there mm-hmm. uh, and trained there. It was it was a um, uh, you know we we feel like sending Napier the um, uh, the, the the rent bill for it, but <laughs> three and a half thousand Napier residents after the earthquake in the yeah. thir- 1931 um, were living there. So it's had a huge history, and that needed to be told. And also, um, from a, putting a Rangatane lens, it was a it was a special site for them as well. So we 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 pulled the whole lot together. Um, again, just didn't build hard infrastructure. Did something quite cool with the bridge. Um, an element of um, bringing in the, you know, the, the stock cars, the people getting in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's absolutely cool. Uh, there are uh, critics uh, of placemaking uh, that will point to uh, 
excessive qu- uh, cost over and above the simple uh, infrastructure component. Uh, there are a lot of critics around the placemaking between, as I said, the plaza and Main Street, where the traffic is down to one lane and it is chock-a-block uh, at a lot of peak times. Um, what's your response to that? Okay, so with Arena, um, it was on time, um, um, basically on budget. I think for, it was about a $19.6 million project, um, and it might have gone over by 20000 which I think is incredibly, um, in- incredibly good management, project management. We found, as you do with a lot of projects, your own DIY at home, you pull off a fence post or a, or a roof lining and there's something not quite good underneath. We found the same under Arena. So we had a, a install a big interceptor for the stormwater. Uh, that was at a cost of about another million. Mm-hmm. So we had the value engineer. We, I, just, we, I was chairing the project um, steering group. There was not another cent available. Um, so we did an incredibly good job of just thinking about how we could manoeuvre um, the budget appropriately. Um, that came across um, because we had everybody in the group there. Mm-hmm. We had um, uh, Iwi, we had um, some elected members, we had all the project officials um, along with the placemaking people and everybody else. So we did a great job there. With the, with the square, um, that's an interesting one. People just want to go back to what it was um, years ago and there is going to be a change in the CBD. We want to slow it down. Um, you know, I hate to say it, but there's going to be a slower speed um, right within the inner ring road. Um, and to be honest, it's sort of happening organically now anyway. Um, most cities, um, in fact, we're probably the, the last of the metros that not introduce 30 kilometres um, per hour within your CBD. Um, and I think that is coming quite soon. Mm-hmm. We're slowing it down. So people, if they want to come in, um, not using it as a rat run, I don't think many people do do that because it does take you a while to get through. Yeah. Um, and that's why we're putting some energy into the, um, the inner ring road as well. But it's, it's, it makes it a lot nicer for scooters, for pedestrians, for, um, you know, we just did a mobility scooter launch at the Esplanade yesterday. There's, you know, there's a lot of people on mobility scooters, but also mm. um, cyclists as well. So we just want to slow it down. So if you have to wait a little bit longer, we've still got to get some things um, right. Um, some of the infrastructures sort of set up for um, a fast environment. Others mm-hmm. are set up now for a slower environment. So once it's all completed, it will be quite a pleasant way um, or pleasant way to travel around, but also come into your um, and to spend some time in your central city. You uh, you did uh, allude to it there. Perhaps one of the most contentious issues of 2021, dividing Palmerston North into the fours and against, uh, really getting some heckles up was the introduction of scooters uh, to Palmerston North. Um, it, it's it, it was quite uh, interesting and, and eye opening to to you know I thought there'd just be a few dotted around, but 800 scooters potentially. A license for 800. I think there's 600 currently through the three providers. Um, what has been th- even more interesting is the sheer uptake. Palmerston North mm. has jumped on board with these, much to the chagrin of uh, some uh, of our older population or disabled population or people that just want uh, that sedate pace that you were talking about. Yeah, so I think we've done it really well, we, not being the guinea pig and being first. Um, you know, just to, to, to the listeners, these things are governed and we had safety in mind. We did consult with um, 
all forms of um, you know pedestrian um, come the disabilities um, um, group and um, look there's um, we've got them governed so in the CBD they're at 15 um, they can't go any faster than 15 kilometres an hour um, outside um, in the suburbs it's up to 24 kilometres I'll put that into perspective when Auckland started with Lyme it was 45 kilometres mm-hmm. an hour so that is fast and I get the whole so it's good having those learnings so we spent two years and, and it is a licence so Another big difference is uh, they've got staff, they pick up the bikes, um, whereas up in Auckland it's very much a, um, a digital or mobile um, model where they just um, GPS or whoever's around go and pick up the, the scooter. So it's, there's a, it's quite a different model here in Palmerston North. The other thing was we um, licensed them till 9pm. So, mm. you know, we've got a young population. We didn't want accidents happening um, with the influence of alcohol or, or, or other things later um, later at night with that perhaps antisocial behaviour. So, look, it's gone as well as we could expect. Um, yes, there has been the odd grumbling. Um, yes, there has been the odd um, collision. But it's been pretty good compared to, as you said, the uptake's been mm. massive. And the other thing is we're looking at what we can do with them going into cycling lanes because they are at that speed where they can go into cycling lanes. Some some use them in cycling lanes now anyway. Well, yeah, and, and we, we should acknowledge that that is technically illegal, although I would argue 25 kilometres an hour on a scooter, you're safer on the cycle lane than you are on the pavement with all the driveways. But I'm not encouraging you to do anything of the sort. Um, brief look at uh, housing. Uh, Palmerston North City Council long acknowledged as being uh, one of the sort of ambassadors ambassadors or leaders in the social housing space, even when at certain times central government has said, don't worry about that, we'll take care of it. Uh, Papaioia Place, I think, reached its completion pretty much uh, this year, although there is a sort of communal facility, a communal space going in at some point. Uh, Also, uh, Homes for People, uh, community housing uh, opening new homes in Ashurst. They're celebrating five years. Uh, You're reallocating old bowling clubs, it seems to be the theme around the the city into potential housing. There's a lot going on in the housing space to uh, address what we would call the housing crisis uh, in Palmerston North and New Zealand. Um, I guess to be sort of the pessimist for a moment, um, it's still not enough though, is it, in the grand scheme of things? Oh no, it isn't. It isn't, uh, Fraser, and we've got a little bit of a lag. I'm hoping that you know we have this discussion in a year's time and we'll have seen quite a lot of um, um, change. Mm. Um, so what, what have we done uh, this year? We've, um, we've continued our, our, our programs um, at Papiaoia Place. Uh, we'll eventually have, there's another seven units that, are, that have basically started last week along with the um, communal lounge. We've taken, you know, basically 40 old 1950s units with lots of green space around them, remembering they've got a park right next door too, mm. and we've condensed that um, with well-designed um, life mark for um, units. So we've basically put 88 um, units with a whole lot of um, uh, couples in there, so you needed to do some social space mm-hmm. for them. Um, and so we just looked at what we could do. So um, we've done some um, community gardens as well. Uh, it's all well-designed, and look, that is such a happy environment up there. That is the model I think going forward. Well it has to be I mean and, and and the residents you can tell that they're proud of the place I mean the place still looks as good as when it was built a couple of years ago and they've all got their gardens and their potted plants out front it looks fantastic. Yeah and cost to the uh, Palmerston Ratepayer 
has been pretty minimal as well. We were lucky enough to get um, some external money from the government, not a huge amount, but it was it all helped. Uh, but the actual cost of the Palmerston rate payer in terms of the subsidisation and everything else is extremely low. It's not like the Wellington models mm, and some of mm. the other metro models you're seeing. So we've done a good job in that space. And as you say, yep, we're looking at what perhaps could look at um, Summer Hayes Street um, and some others. Um, you know, again, not one size doesn't fit all, and you need to sort of see what um, what is around you. Um, the reason Papioia works, it's close to services, it's close to the hospital. It's got a big, beautiful north-facing park mm-hmm. um, in front of it. Um, it's quite easy to get to, whereas Summer Haze is a little bit different. It's a bit more of a condensed um, urban um, um, uh, suburb around it yep, yep. and and it will need um, different treatments. But that's okay. We're looking at what we can do there. The other one we've done is Tamakuku Terrace. So that's up at Whakarongo. So that, that, this is where we partnered uh, where well, we went out to expressions of interest for community housing providers. Mm-hmm. You know, we had uh, Tatihi looked at it, uh, Rangatane themselves looked at it, um, and we had Homes for People and Salvation Army and a few others. So we managed to get, um, we stitched up a deal with um, Homes for People. So they've taken 20, uh, 20 sections there. So, I mean, that's that's fantastic mm-hmm. that they're, um, they're being involved. And they'll, and they'll develop those over time. Uh, I'm picking probably quite sooner rather than later. Yeah. Uh, and then the rest of it is to the open market. But because of the size of the sections, it's much more affordable. So um, we're, we're happy that we've been able to provide that into the market. Uh, there's opportunities for us to do some more as well. Well, let's uh, have a look at opportunities for the last few minutes uh, of the interview because we're looking at 2022. You uh, said at the beginning, let's be honest, this is probably going to be a, a tough one. It could be worse than 2021. Um, certainly as we try to open borders and all the variants of the pandemic floating around. But there are still opportunities, you reckon? Oh, look, I think... For Palmerston North especially, um, you know, jobs are key for people to try and earn um, uh, decent money, and there are plenty. Our unemployment rate is just so low at the moment. It's probably probably the lowest it's ever been mm. um, at 2.7%, and, and I think that's fantastic. Um, but as you said, we're in a bit of a little bit of an excuse the expression, a little bit of a bubble here. Um, I don't think we've seen as much uh, infrastructure, large infrastructure projects um, at the one time. So if it's transportation, uh, rail, logistics, construction, uh, utilities, energy projects, they're happening everywhere. Well, that's the thing. I mean, that Kiwi Rail Freight Hub, I mean, it, it, it hasn't gone particularly well so far. I looked to the, 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 the Gorge Replacement Road, the Alliance Group, that seemed to do everything right in terms of community engagement, environmental impact, listening to uh, people and making changes, just trying to keep everyone happy and doing a great job. The Kiwi Rail Freight Hub, the, the people at Bunnythorpe are not happy, are they? Well, I wouldn't say, yeah, it's interesting. If you look at the submissions, and I mean, I don't want to blast the media, but the media did focus on on the 20% that didn't want it. Mm-hmm. 80% did want it. Okay. So, I mean, we'll have to wait for the commissioner's decisions. I mean, it was pretty bumpy at the start too, um, but you're right. They've, what they've done at um, uh, the Manutu Gorge, you know, um, Te Ao Turanga, um, uh, replacement highway is they've got everybody together. Mm-hmm. Um, this has remember this is Kiwi Rail's um, project. They haven't quite got that together right yet. There's going to be some people that are displaced. I absolutely understand that and understand the um, the anguish uh, anguish of that. 
Um, but it has been an industrial village since the times of Glaxo mm-hmm. and the New Zealand Railway started there. So, I mean, I, look, it 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 um, it was always being signalled as a place where we wanted to have logistics and um, and transportation distribution. So. Um, I'm, I'm picking that we're going to get a positive outcome, but we've got to bring everybody, as, or as many as we can, along for that ride fairly. Um, and I'm sure that will happen. And, and we'll have a better discussion about that this time next year. Indeed. Uh, we're pretty much out of time, but Grant, thank you for joining us this morning. I guess the, the, the thing to point out is local government elections next year. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you can't feel like two minutes ago that you were standing, or re, standing for re-election. Uh, any indication whether you'll stand again? or? <laughs> Look, I'm going to have a Christmas um, a holiday yes. um, to, to think about things. Um, there's a bit of unfinished work. There always is in local government. More so this time just because of the amount of government reforms. We didn't even go into Three Waters or um, RMA or, or I know, the all of those big government. ones, yes. Yeah, and they're big, and they're big. And to be honest, there does need to be um, a steady hand at the at the rudder, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, so look, I'll have a I'll have a break, and um, you'll be the first to know. <laughs> there we go, Mayor Grant Smith joining us on the catch up this morning. Uh, remember, if you want to listen to this or previous editions, head to the website mpr.nz forward slash show forward slash catch up. We'll be back tomorrow at half past eight with another edition. Bye for now. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate.